This is a podcast by the Business Times. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the BT Mark to Market podcast. My name is Ben Paul, and I'm a senior correspondent at the Business Times. This series of podcasts, which is based on my weekly column in the Business Times, aims to provide analysis and insight on market trends and corporate issues in Singapore. It's early in the month of May 2021. And just a few days ago, one of the most significant annual events for investors took place. I'm talking about the annual shareholders meeting of Berkshire Hathaway. This is, of course, the once failing textile manufacturer that billionaire investor Warren Buffett has used as his corporate vehicle since 1965. More than half a century on, Berkshire Hathaway now has a market value of well over 600 billion US dollars. And Warren Buffett himself is routinely ranked as one of the wealthiest people in the world. When I first began my career nearly 30 years ago, I had hoped to one day join the thousands of investors who attend Berkshire Hathaway's annual shareholder meetings in order to listen to the great man himself. Well, that's no longer necessary because for a few years now, the annual meeting has actually been live streamed. So people from all over the world can now watch the meetings from the comfort of their own homes and even send in questions to be answered by Warren Buffett and his longtime business partner, Charlie Munger, during the meeting which, by the way, goes on for hours and hours. This year, as usual, there were a wide range of questions. Some were on very specific issues related to the management and performance of Berkshire Hathaway, but many of them were broader questions about the big investment themes that we're coping with right now, such as climate change and sustainable investing, interest rates and so-called modern monetary theory, and even the impact that SPACs are having on the market. So, with all the buzz about Berkshire Hathaway's shareholder meeting over the past week, I thought it would be a good idea for me to share some thoughts in this podcast about investing the Warren Buffett way. I will talk about what his investment philosophy is all about. I will also explain why his ideas are more relevant than ever today. And I'll finish off with a comment about what public listed companies here in Singapore might have to learn from Warren Buffett's management of Berkshire Hathaway. By his own account, Warren Buffett's views on how to invest were largely shaped by the Benjamin Graham School of Value Investing, which is about using fundamental analysis to discover stocks trading well below their intrinsic value. Over time, through practical experience, Warren Buffett also realized that if you are a long-term investor, it's important that you focus on high-quality businesses. What is a high-quality business? It's a business with durable and robust competitive advantages that generates a high return on equity and that does not require a great deal of capital expenditure to keep going. Warren Buffett also insists that the business is easy to understand so that he can accurately value it. And it's important that the business is run by managers who are competent and honest, for obvious reasons. And all of this has to be available at an attractive price because that would determine the return that he would earn from investing in the business. Now, all this sounds perfectly sensible, yet it isn't what most investors tend to do. Many investors, including myself, tend to get most excited about barely profitable companies that seem to be on the verge of very strong growth, rather than companies that consistently generate a high return on equity. Think about what's happened in the market over the past few years. We've become completely enamored by hot new startups that have attracted huge amounts of private equity funding and gone on to garner massive valuations in the public market. Grab, for instance, said last month that it is listing in the US via a SPAC merger at a valuation of nearly 40 billion US dollars. Meanwhile, in the electric vehicles field, 
investors have been very excited about Tesla. Its stock price is now more than 15 times what it was in the middle of 2019, even though the company is only just beginning to turn profitable, and it isn't really clear if it will have a durable competitive advantage. Contrast this with some of the big moves that Warren Buffett has made in the past decade. Back in 2010, Berkshire Hathaway bought the Burlington Northern Santa Fe Railroad at a valuation of about 34 billion US dollars. This was a very significant transaction. It involved Berkshire Hathaway issuing shares, and the company agreed to a 1 to 50 split of its Class B shares in order to make the deal work. Interestingly, Berkshire Hathaway then also took BNSF's place in the SP 500 index. Now, obviously, Railroads are not a hot new business. BNSF has a history that goes back 170 years. The business is growing, but it's not growing as fast as, say, the electric vehicle industry. But American railroads are very profitable, and they generate a lot of cash. Warren Buffett said in his latest letter to shareholders at Berkshire Hathaway that since BNSF was acquired, it has paid $41.8 billion US dollars in dividends. So Berkshire Hathaway has more than recouped the cost of acquiring BNSF, and that unit is now a major contributor to its operating profit. Another big move that Warren Buffett has made is the purchase of shares in Apple. The timing of his investment is what's most interesting here. Warren Buffett only began buying Apple in 2016, when many people might have thought its best growth years were behind it. After all, this was nine years after the first iPhone was launched, and five years after Steve Jobs had passed away. Yet it was at that point that Warren Buffett became convinced that Apple was a worthwhile investment. Was he right? Well, in his latest letter to shareholders of Berkshire Hathaway, he said the company spent about 36 billion US dollars from 2016 to 2018, buying more than 5% of Apple's shares. Last year, the company sold a small proportion of its holdings and pocketed about 11 billion US dollars. Berkshire Hathaway now still owns more than 907 million Apple shares with a market value of more than 120 billion US dollars, according to the letter. Oh, and it collects about 775 million US dollars in dividends from Apple every year. So, yes, for now, it seems clear that Warren Buffett made a very good call with Apple. If you like what you're hearing so far, please subscribe to the BT Mark to Market podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. Like us and give us a rating. And now, back to my analysis and insights on market trends and corporate issues in Singapore. In 1993, Warren Buffett was named the richest American by Forbes magazine. He jumped from 8th place the previous year and knocked Bill Gates down to 2nd place. In 3rd and 4th place were the late media moguls John Kluge and Sumner Redstone. The next 5 slots were occupied by descendants of Walmart founder Sam Walton, who had died only the previous year. In 10th place that year was yet another media mogul, Rupert Murdoch. Fast forward to 2021, and Warren Buffett is still on the list of the 10 richest Americans, in 5th place. And of the 4 Americans with larger personal fortunes than his, 3 of them hadn't even started their businesses back in 1993. In 1st place is Jeff Bezos, who founded Amazon only in 1994. In 2nd place is Elon Musk, who would have been about 22 years old and had not really embarked on his business career in 1993. Bill Gates was in third place, and in fourth place was Mark Zuckerberg, who would have been all of nine years old in 1993. The four names that followed Warren Buffett were also tech luminaries, namely Larry Ellison of Oracle, Google founders Larry Page and Sergey Brin, and former Microsoft CEO Steve Ballmer. Only one member of the Walmart family is still on the list in 2021, 
namely Sam Walton's daughter Alice, who is in 10th place. The fact that Warren Buffett managed to grow Berkshire Hathaway's market value fast enough for his personal net worth to keep pace with those of the American tech billionaires who emerged over the last 25 years is quite remarkable. Critics of Warren Buffett like to point out that Berkshire Hathaway has been lagging behind the S&P 500 for several years now, but the margin of underperformance hasn't really been very significant. Over the last 10 years, Berkshire Hathaway has delivered a total return of nearly 252%, while the S&P 500's total return was 283%. In fact, that degree of underperformance is perhaps not surprising given that Berkshire Hathaway's main businesses are decidedly old economy in nature, ranging from insurance to energy to railroads, whereas the S&P 500 has become more and more heavily weighted towards the big technology stocks that are changing the world, like Apple and Amazon and Facebook. Without knowing for sure which sectors of the economy will boom next, the Warren Buffett way of focusing on profitability and the return on equity that companies earn seems to me to be more relevant than ever now. The real challenge for investors is that they may lack the time and expertise to monitor the market and hunt for companies with high-quality businesses and suitably low valuations. For such investors, Warren Buffett has suggested more than once that a low-cost index fund that mirrors a suitably broad market benchmark like the S&P 500 might be the answer. Alternatively, they could just buy some Berkshire Hathaway shares and ride along with him and the managers he has picked to eventually succeed him. It isn't just investors who should look to Warren Buffett for inspiration, though. Corporate boards, especially here in Singapore, should perhaps also adopt his investment approach when deploying their retained earnings. In episode 2 of this podcast series, I pointed out that as much as 80% of the total return from the Straits Times Index over the past decade has come from dividends. It suggests that local companies have not done a good job of reinvesting their retained earnings. This might not be entirely their fault as their core businesses have been hammered over the past decade by technological disruption, weak commodity prices, and cooling measures in the property sector. Perhaps it's time for some of them to begin doing what Berkshire Hathaway did some 50 years ago, redirecting their operating cash flow to more exciting alternative business opportunities, specifically high-quality businesses that consistently generate high returns on equity and that do not require much capital expenditure to keep going. That's it for this episode of Mark to Market. You can follow my Mark to Market podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. That was an SPH podcast by The Business Times. Find us on Spotify, Apple, or Google Podcasts, or streaming on Google Home. Do feedback to us at podcast.sph.com.sg. You can also check out more podcasts on various topics at The Straits Times, The Business Times and Money FM 89.3. Any financial or investment information in this podcast is for use in Singapore only and is intended to be for your general information. Any particular investment or decision should only be made after consulting with a fully qualified financial advisor.